I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Joey Wagner. We're trying something new. It's a new season of Illinois football, so why not try something new? Joey Wagner, we'll see how this goes. We're recording this podcast live on our YouTube channel, kind of a post-game podcast. You don't see the uh, the empty pizza plates that we just mugged after that game, but Illinois defeats Wyoming 38-6. to And Joey, we're going to take interaction from people. If they want to put in some questions, we'd surely love to answer them later on in the podcast if, if they have any lingering questions after this podcast. But we'll give our thoughts on what was a feel-good day. I mean, Illinois took care of business against an opponent that – uh, I think with all their transfer losses, Illinois needed to dominate. There were some, you know, some mistakes Illinois made in the first half, cost themselves some points with special teams errors on the field goal, uh, as well as some penalties. But all in all, that's the kind of game you want to see from Illinois, where it's never in doubt. You dominate with your own run game. Your defense looks like it carried over from last year, and your passing attack did enough today. Uh, to, to beat a team, an FBS team, by 32 points. Yeah, too often we've seen at Memorial Stadium those games are closer than this. Like, that's what Illinois had to do. Now, did we learn a lot? Probably not. But that's exactly what we thought Illinois had to do. We knew there were positions that they were going to be able to dominate. We thought the trenches were going to be a spot. We thought they had more talent on the perimeter. We thought they had talent on the secondary and defense, and all those things showed up. Now, you've got to carry that over into Friday, but this is exactly what you thought it was going to be, but stuff that you've probably missed for the last five, six years. Yeah, and, and let's start with some of the positives and things we kind of already knew. Chase Brown's pretty dang good at football. Uh, Chase Brown, 165 yards, three touchdowns, two plays into the game, and shout out Peyton Vining. I don't know if we had him as the starting kick returner, but I guess he told Brett Bielma he's the only guy that's uh, taken one back for a touchdown in his college career when he was at Stetson. Dennison, right? Dennison, that's it. Yeah, hey, credit to him. He almost did it on the first <laughs> first kickoff of the game. I, that was not on the bingo card for kick returners. Yeah. Uh, I, I do not. That, they snuck that one by us. Yeah. So Peyton Vining, great forty three yard kick return. Nice start for Sean Snyder. Uh, but then two plays in. You see a Trace Brown 38-yard run, 14-yard wheel route for Chase Brown and a touchdown. All of a sudden, Illinois is up 7-0, and it felt like the lead. I already had written it after one drive. Oh, it only took 41 seconds for Barry Lunny in this this offense to kind of hit its stride. Now, there was bumpy, I thought, the rest of the first quarter with the offense, but Chase Brown, we know, is really freaking good. He's an all-Big Ten third-team running back last year, deserved that. Comes into this year as a second or third-teamer, most people are projecting. Uh, It feels like he got his due, Joey, last year for his great year, 1,000 yards in 10 games, and it was really mostly in seven games that he did most of that. But tonight was a nice coming-out party for him, for people who didn't know him, in Week 0 to have that kind of performance uh, when people are trying to look for football after uh, Nebraska's implosion today. Like, I thought that was a great moment for Chase Brown just to prove uh, how good he is yet again. You had to work Nebraska in there, huh? Yeah, it was embarrassing. <laughs> you know, I, I still think Chase Brown's a little overlooked on the national scale. I, I don't 
and I don't mean to like that's not a shot at like oh nobody I get it I understand why a running back would be but I think with Brett Bielema's history with what Chase Brown can do you probably want to look at the running back running back one for Brett Bielema and Chase Brown delivered I mean he's he is uh, Brett Bielema didn't say it because Isaiah Williams in the conversation but Chase Brown is one of their two or three most impactful explosive offensive players that is not a secret that's not a surprise we knew that but man he just Kept on moving. So he never stopped running from last year. Yeah, he's really important for them. And, and, and Josh uh, McCray leaves the game with what looked like a serious knee injury. I would imagine he misses some time. But Brett Bielma did say the initial uh, reaction from the doctors is it's not catastrophic. So my first thought, ACL, right? right. Maybe it's not that. But we'll have to see with their follow-up tests. Uh, but certainly Reggie Love came in, made a great play. Uh, Chase Aiden came in, uh, had some reps. Uh, but they have depth there. He said Aiden Lawfrey wasn't going to play today. He had soft tissue injury but I think he's going to factor in again running back you feel great about especially with the top guy you have there the other thing that we already knew was that this defense should be pretty good and while Joey Wyoming I'm not going to take too much from this entire game that's kind of my big takeaway um, the fact that the defense was dominant again the fact that some of last year carried over into this you saw great play from the secondary especially Quan Martin I thought Calvin Avery looked great I, I thought all that hype of training camp Man, he dominated uh, some reps, which he should, against Wyoming. I thought Keith Randolph had some really nice plays. Um, I, I just thought that's what you want this Illinois defense, the standard to be against a Wyoming team that I thought the quarterback could run. Titus Swan is a, is a really nice running back. Uh, so they had 182 rushing yards, but they couldn't throw the ball. And Ryan Walters, you could tell, he was daring them to throw the ball. They throw the ball 20 times only had 30 yards on the day. That, that'll get it done. I think some of that's on Wyoming, but the fact that Illinois dominated them like that, it's just encouraging to see that that can carry over and that defense you're probably going to be able to rely on being competitive again this year. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It doesn't look like Wyoming's going to be this offensive powerhouse. They've got some, some growing pains to do. The running back was good. But you, you wondered how the defense was going to look because they were – as good as they were in that back half of last season, the back three-fourths, really, of last season. So you wondered, this, none of these guys have ever been on a college defense where you looked like, hey, huh, they got some coming back. Like, how are they going to follow up? And, and they did what they needed to do when they followed up, and they played really well in critical moments. They were Wyoming was 1 of 12 on third down conversion, 0 and 1 on fourth down. They snuffed a quarterback sneak there. Like, that's just what you wanted to see out of them to maintain. I, I just thought it was important that they maintained – while understanding that, hey, Kirby Joseph is gone, Owen Carney's gone, Isaiah Gay, Rod Perry, like they had new guys step into those roles, and they came out and they just kind of kept this thing moving, and they did give up some a broken play. Uh, Andrew Peasley got outside on an option. Quan uh, Martin, of all the people, again, he played really, really well, man. He had a great football game. But he goes down there, gets to stop, and they hold him to a field goal there. Like, that's big. That's yeah. what you – You've just seen in the past, and I, I say in the past because it really wasn't as much last year, but like that stuff could snowball, and it did not snowball. And I think that was important. Yeah, I mean, Quan Martin, they've been talking about as potentially a stud of this defense. He was really good last year. I think they thought he should have been an All-Big Ten consideration. Uh, but he looked great, and he was playing free safety most of the day. Kendall Smith did play there, but in a lot of packages, he was kind of the back line of defense, and he cleaned up a lot. Three pass breakups today as well. Uh, he looks great um, covering guys in the slot and on the back end. Devin Witherspoon, a great pick. Uh, they should have had more. Tyler Strain made a great play late. Matthew Bailey should have had a pick uh, late in the game. So I think the back end is going to be really Really, really good. I think you saw a defensive line of Keith Randolph, Johnny Newton, and Calvin Avery look formidable. That looks like, you know, three highly recruited guys 
producing at the level they were expected to be. So I, I thought Calvin Avery really stepped up and looked like the player they've been talking about during training camp. I thought the edges were okay. I thought Zeke Holmes got, got lost on contain a couple times. He's got to clean that up, especially when that was the one thing uh, he thought could beat him. And, and the linebackers didn't make a lot of big plays, um, but uh, they didn't also let a lot get by them. There were a couple big gains by Titus Swin towards that second half, but I just thought Ryan Walters had a pretty good defensive game plan, and these guys played pretty solid, which it's weird to say you feel like you got a defense that you can rely on keeping you in games every game now. It still feels very not Illinois to say yeah. that, doesn't it? But really quickly, one more point on Quan. I think that's the biggest thing Ryan Walters has done and obviously, we see the whole turnaround. But he found a home for Quan Martin. Remember how much he bounced around, and like this fits everything that Quan Martin is, and and it's so he's so important to what they do defensively. I, I just think that can't be yep. overstated. Sidney Brown obviously is going to get a lot of attention. He's a really good football player, but Quan Martin has just kind of been that guy, maybe overlooked a little bit, but finding the right spot for him has elevated so like he cleaned up a lot of plays today didn't didn't Brett Bielma say he was like the guy who's most excited to watch today he did yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so I like, that's how he's been talking about him like he's the star of this defense coming in during training camp so to see that actually come to fruition to see Calvin Avery actually come to fruition oh the line staff was telling us the truth during training camp these guys really stepped up yeah we can't see it but there was a <laughs> decent level of transparency it, I mean no one had Peyton Vining I suppose but Calvin Avery was like the breakout surprise of me for me, of this defense, because you just don't know. Like, you've you've seen him for a few years. You haven't seen that level of production. He was in the backfield. He made really good plays. I Like, that is what Illinois needs at that spot. He also played a lot. He played a lot. I can't wait for the PFF snaps tomorrow. He played, it felt like, most of the defensive or the nose tackle snaps. We did see uh, T. Rod Edwards come in at times. I think Rasan Wilkins played a little bit today. Uh, so we saw those guys rotate in, but you didn't have to take Calvin Avery out on a hot day. Losing that 30 pounds seemed to really matter, and he looks really motivated. So that's a really good thing to see. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
of course, I think what a lot of people want to know, Joey, what do we take away from the offense? Barry Lonnie Jr. makes his uh, debut as the Illini offense coordinator. Tommy DeVito makes his debut as the quarterback. Uh, obviously, you run for 260 yards and three touchdowns. You're going to feel good about it. Illinois did throw for 217 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, that's a pass efficiency rating over 135, which I think is a great kind of goal for Illinois. Is a 130 pass efficiency would be remarkable for them for an entire season. So DeVito is at 135, I believe, today. I thought he missed some throws, but he also made some timely throws. I thought he looked poised. Um, Brett Bielma raved about his composure. Um, but I don't think today showed me that, oh, Illinois is going to be a top-half offense. I, I don't think that's gonna, they're going to make that kind of leap. And I don't think it was drastically um, different, but there were certainly differences, Joey, right? Like, you're seeing the ball get in space a lot more. You're seeing the quarterback get rid of the ball quickly. You're seeing them get up to the line of scrimmage. Sometimes they'll snap it right away. Sometimes they won't. I thought there were some growing pains today. I thought there were a lot of things they're going to have to clean up, uh, especially interior offensive line. Tommy DeVito's got to be more accurate on some key throws. But that's what you want out of a passing attack. This wasn't glorious today. But Illinois was 7-16 to 16 on third downs, and some of those third downs were key completions, key catches. Casey Washington had a few. Brian Hightower had a few. Uh, I thought it was encouraging. It was a step forward, but I think the real tests away. Yeah, I, I didn't think – like when there were games like this with penalties could have derailed yeah. a lot of – and they did derail, but it could have been a real issue, and it wasn't. There were some things I would have liked to see them maybe stretch the field vertically a little bit more. There was a lot of, go Isaiah, <laughs> I'll get you the ball, which is a – something I think everybody's been calling for for a long time. But I, they didn't show a ton, a ton today offensively. They didn't hurt them. Like, it, the passing game didn't hurt Illinois. Again, not a lot to take away. We'll see. Yeah. Friday's a big one. The, the big key, I thought, in the passing game, like outside of uh, Tommy DeVito spread the ball out to a lot of guys, he found a move-the-chains guy. We call yes. that MTC. Yes. MTC. Because, uh, Matt Spiegel calls it get up and – Go up and get Go it. Go up and get it, guy. The guagi for, for, like, just contested balls. I kept saying, like, Brian Hightower, oh, they got to move the chains, guy. Those were some of the biggest takeaways I had. Yes, Illinois had only one pass over 15 yards. That's going to be something to see moving forward. It was a great play. I think Pat Bryant got split his own on the perimeter, uh, on the sideline for a 27-yard gain, set up a, a touchdown uh, that I think he got on that player, him and Chase Brown. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was encouraging to see Pat Bryant, Casey Washington, Brian Hightower all play a nice role. But these quick passes, Joey, that are three, four-yard, five-yard outs. Um, but previously, you might have had to do a three-step drop. Now it's a shotgun, get it, go, throw to the big guy, Brian Hightower, 6'4", 220 pounds. Those are such big plays, even though it might be a five-yard gain. Those are the first downs Illinois couldn't get last year to sustain drives, get their defense off the field, and maybe have a chance at points. Maybe it's a chance at a field goal, or maybe it's a chance to, to make a big play inside the 40 or whatever it is. But I thought those plays were huge. And Brian Hightower, Pat Bryant, Casey Washington, I thought made some great hands catches today. It was encouraging to see a deeper wide receiver room that was just used better. It was, and I'm being a little – I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I feel like I saw more second and thirds and second and fours than I've seen in a while. Like just a little bit – like. The, there were a couple negative runs there, but like the, they got the passing game involved early in the, the downs and, and moved the ball. So, yeah, there's – I don't think you're going to see 12 guys get catches. Yeah. And, like, and obviously, it's, they went to the reserves there – or the backups, I should say, a little bit in the fourth quarter. But, like, the, the wide receiver rotation, you would think, is going to get 
over time kind of condensed down a little bit more. But this was a chance to get some guys out there and see who you got. You saw Hank Beatty with a catch, Jonah Morris with a catch, Casey Washington, Brian. Like, you, there's options. I don't know how long-term those options are, but it's just a chance to get some feet wet, get it moving in there. And Tommy DeVito, I, I don't – like, one, he wasn't sacked, which I know we'll get to the offensive line. Uh, he perhaps was as, as surprised as, as he was ecstatic. Uh, he just said after the game, he goes, I'm not trying to throw shade, but that's the first game I've never been sacked in college. So Syracuse offensive line was awful. We will get to the offensive line here in a moment. But yeah, the, the passing game, I thought, took steps forward and just the ability to make short completions. And, and some people have commented, do you think they're holding back what they could do? Bielema said after the game that they, they were playing deep. It was more like a Lovey-style defense where they were keeping everything in front of them. They must have been scared uh, that things were going to keep in front of them. Um, they missed some shots, I thought. There was a, a tip Ryman across the middle. I, I thought they had chances for a couple longer plays. Uh, but you also got to take what the defense gives them and the fact that they were getting some of those five, six-yard gains just to, to move the chains, as you said, set up second and three instead of being second and ten again. Yeah, and I didn't see Tommy DeVito put the ball in harm's way. Like – I don't mean to rehash Art Sikowski last season, but there were times where it's like, well, he should have walked out of the stadium with a couple picks. Yeah. And Tommy DeVito, again, like Wyoming is not going to be mistaken for a college football playoff team. They're not going to be mistaken for a particularly very good team, it doesn't appear. But, like, he didn't have those throws where – and Brett Bielema kind of even talked about it a little bit. Like, yeah, we got he's got a little bit of a gunslinger. We got to bring that back. You didn't see that. Like, I thought that was an important growth piece for him to get out there and, and get a feel and not really – put it in harm's way like that yeah so I, I think there's another step and um I think this offense is going to be better how much better I think is still up in the air I think the fact that Isaiah Williams who just was cramping he'll be fine uh they could have put him back in the game but Isaiah Williams had 10 targets that's got to be every game he only had seven he had seven catches for 26 yards two of his biggest gains were called back on penalties right one on Jonah Morris which I think was questionable uh and then an Alex Pilstrom holding penalty but I, I thought it looked better, but I, I don't think it was ever high gear. I think there's a lot they can learn from here. My biggest concern um, was not the pass pro. I, the pass pro was good. It should be against Wyoming. I think Julian Pearl had a really strong game. Alex Pauczewski appeared to have a good game. And the interior seemed to be good there. But the interior on inside runs um, didn't fare so well. Alex, Post, uh, Alex Postrom had the two holding penalties. He's got to clean that up, right? As he's being looked at for a much bigger role, he's going to play way better nose guards and, and defensive tackles here in the future. So that's a question for me going forward. And I thought Zy Chrysler struggled at times, especially in the first half. Jordan Slaughter came in, I thought stabilized things uh, a little bit. I think that was in the second half when he came in. So maybe there could be some competition there. That's not necessarily a bad thing that you have Jordan Slaughter who can come in here and do that. Um, but I thought the offensive line needs to clean some things up. But I wrote uh, six things, I think, before the training camp, after training camp let out. I figured this offensive line was going to go through growing pains, Joey, because you got guys playing different positions, Julian Pearl and Alex Pilstrom, who have experience. Uh, and then you have two guys that haven't played at, at this level. I thought Isaiah Adams looked pretty good today. Uh, but Zy Chrysler is, is just a, a redshirt or a second-year player um, you know, making his Big Ten debut. I expect some growing pains early on. I don't expect the offensive line to be as good today as the offensive line was towards the end of last year, right, just because of the experience factor. Yeah, I mean, look at – we talked, like, obviously getting Alex Palczewski back was a big deal. Julian Pearl, we think, is, is going to – and he had a good game today. We think he's going to have a good season. But one guy on that line had played 
his position in the Big Ten at Power 5 football, and that's Alex Palczewski at right tackle. So there were going to be some of those processes to get through that. And I'm with you. I didn't think the interior was great. I thought the, the drive that they had, the second touchdown drive, Jordan Slaughter was the right guard. And, like, stabilizing is such a good word. And credit to him. The dude lost a battle. Like, he probably would have started last year. He probably would have been a returning starter had it not been an ankle injury. He lost a battle. Zach Chrysler got the start. And he came in and kind of bulldozed the way, stabilized it for a rushing touchdown. And Illinois needed that touchdown because the offense had kind of been puttering around a little bit in the first half. Yeah, and he probably should remember Jack Bedovinak, who did not start right. the beginning of the year, but Jarosadi did. And then Pilstrom started, and then Bedovinak came in. Played some really good football towards the end of last year. So it's good to have that comp- – you need that everywhere, right? If somebody struggles, you have somebody else you feel comfortable and come in. So that will be interesting to watch, especially as they go up against Indiana and Virginia in, in the coming weeks. Those are going to be far better teams. Listen, my overall takeaway, Joey, is I don't think Wyoming's very good, and that's why I didn't understand the spread coming into this game. It felt like the odds makers or the better betting public – hadn't caught up that Wyoming had missed these many guys, that most of their players are now playing for good players from last year were playing for other Power 5 teams. So the fact that you were midway through the third quarter and Wyoming was was 17-6, right? Like you're thinking, oh, Wyoming's got a chance to get within four here. Can I throw you under the bus a little bit? You said, is this a danger zone? (laughs) It's like, ah, no, probably not. But I understood because, like, you thought. thought, We thought it was going to be a slow start. I didn't think Illinois was going to come out. I mean, obviously the first drive, but, like, the start was a little slower maybe than I thought. Uh, I didn't think it was ever really cause for concern, but there was a point where you're like, wait a minute now, if they score, like there, there could st- be something here. I was like, is this going to be a game? Is this where, yeah. where, where some puckering happens in the, in the stadium? But no, they, they got out of it. The defense was phenomenal. The defense never allowed that to happen, right, um, with, with all their stops that they had. So that was really encouraging. But I just don't think Wyoming's very good. It's an inexperienced team. It's a young team. But Illinois did what it should. There was no Eastern Michigan game here. Oh um, you know, there was, there's nothing like that. Now, I, I don't think Wyoming was as good as a MAC team or anything like that. But um, I think it's encouraging that you can lean on your run game, you can lean on your defense, and your quarterback and offense coordinator can execute enough to make this a 32-point game. This is, this is how Illinois games against Wyoming should be. Right? This is how Illinois games against most group of five teams should look uh, in the future. You should be able to dominate in the trenches, run the ball, not make any turnovers. Illinois won the turnover battle 2 nothing today. That's a victory. And then you move on to next week and you get better from it. Yeah, you have a way that you feel like you can win games. You can win games by running the ball effectively. There wasn't anything earth-shattering in the passing game, mm-hmm. but you, you did what you needed to do and you can play good defense. Like that, Is that going to be the recipe for a guaranteed win every time? No, but you know that you have that card in your pocket that when you're playing an opponent that's not as talented, hey, we can do these things, get the heck out of here, see in Bloomington for a Friday night Big Ten game. And, like, that's yeah. – I just don't know that you've always felt like that existed. What, what was your score? I predicted 35 to 13. You predicted uh, – Like 31 to 17 yeah. maybe. So neither of us are shocked by this. this is, but this is how – it's kind of how you want it to go. Maybe you wanted some more style points in the passing offense. But I don't think a lot of people cared about that today. I think Illinois fans feel pretty good. Uh, I think we'll learn a lot more about this team next week against Indiana team that's picked to finish last in the East. This is where the schedule sets up nice for you, Joey. It's like Indiana's not played. They have some film on you. I don't think Barry Lunny unloaded the playbook, though, today, right? So I, I don't think he held back. Right. Yeah. But I don't think he unloaded the playbook today and didn't have to. And I'm sure when they found out, hey, we're up 17-3 at halftime, right, like – 
hey, we should be able to control this game. We don't have to unload everything because we're scared of losing this game. But, um, you know, Indiana's got that advantage with new coordinators of not having uh, any film out there. But I think Illinois getting to play and learn from those mistakes, I think that's just as big of an advantage. Yeah, I don't think that they held anything back. But I think I don't think they came into the game thinking, all right, listen, we're going to keep this part as an unknown. I think they're ready to throw it all out there because I think this is my – they haven't said this, but my gut feeling, like they wanted to put up numbers. Yeah. Like they wanted – maybe not like, you know, we want Tommy to have X number or Chase to have X number. But I don't think they were interested in making this a close game. So, But I think as the game unfolded, it organically allowed them to kind of – if maybe they didn't hold it. We don't know. I mean, we don't have Barry Lonnie's call sheet. Maybe they did hold a little bit back. But I think the, the game played out like they could if they wanted to. But I don't think that was ever the intent to come in and – Hey, we'd be happy to get out of there 21-17 and see. No, man, I think Brett Bielema wanted to score some points. Yeah, because recruiting matters. There are a lot of recruits in attendance. Uh, they were able to do that. You know, some some big-time players, Jair Hill, the four-star in 2023 that I saw last night. Uh, Illinois-Michigan battle right now for that, and he's got so many other Power 5 schools calling him up. Uh, Eddie Turk, uh, a big one in 2024 out of – Lines Township, I believe. Uh, and then a bunch of 2025 kids that are really highly ranked kids in state. To give them a 38-6 game, I think was important. Uh, after the game, Brett Bielma was talking about, hey, wide receivers, we're developing guys. George McDonald, if you want to play wide receiver, come play at Illinois. I think they wanted to showcase some of their passing offense. Do you think he was talking to anyone specifically? I'm sure there are some guys <laughs> committed elsewhere in the class of 2023 or, you know, potentially some transfers or potentially some young guys that were here in attendance as well. But – I think, yeah, I think that matters. I think style points matter a little bit. I think it's nice to have this kind of win going into Indiana, but we'll learn way more about this team against Indiana, who I don't think is very good, but it's still a Big Ten opponent that over the last three or four years has certainly won more Big Ten football games in Illinois. Yeah, you wouldn't have looked at Illinois. Like going into last season, if you said, which I guess, granted, Indiana going into last season was on a different level, but like, this isn't a team that a lot of people, if you were just driving by, you'd be like, Illinois is probably not winning that because Indiana's right. been. A pretty solid program. Last year was a down year for them. But, yeah, I we'll, I mean, I don't have – like, I, I know after games people are like, what's the big take? I don't know, man. The takeaway was they, they – Take put, care of business. Take care of business. Yeah, it's a good one. Good. Yeah. That's why you get paid for this. TCOB. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Um, Chase, uh, you can weigh in on the, on the stream here. We'll answer some of these questions before we get out of here and start writing. Uh, Chase said, is this the first time an OC followed through on offseason talking points, feed the studs? Yeah, getting the ball to Isaiah Williams and Chase Brown is a pretty good idea. And, uh, get, and getting the ball to Chase Brown in the passing game I think is a good idea. And I think using Brian Hightower is, is a smart thing. It's a former four-star recruit. Um, that's a bag on – and Tony Peterson, but we were saying all last year, get Isaiah Williams the ball more. Just rely on Chase Brown. I know there are injuries involved with Hightower and Chase Brown. Chase Brown had a big year for Tony Peterson. But, yeah, there were just things that made sense today. Quick screen passes, quick outs, quick routes. Um, I thought that was so important, and, and we saw some of those things today. Yeah, remember last year, I believe the first pass was to Luke Ford. So, like, we, we saw a little bit of that follow-through for – 
at least one game last year. So, I mean, it's hard to take such a sweeping takeaway, but, like, yeah, you did perimeter. Like, we thought perimeter. We thought everything that we saw, we kind of thought. Like, I don't think we were caught off guard by anything they did. So, in that sense, yeah. Uh, Fett says, I want to see from week one to week two tighten up the timing on certain uh, offensive sets and the penalties need to be reined in. Yeah, penalties hurt today. Five penalties for, for 60 yards. And, and they took away some of the big gains, especially when you got a sixth-year senior like Alex Pilstrom. I know this is his first year where he's like given the week one starting job, Joey, but they need him to be better. Um, he, he's going to know that, right? I think Zy Chrysler needs to be better. But that's what – I asked Brett Bielma after, like, what is the value of having game film compared to practice film, all that? I think it's invaluable. I, I think it's important for these guys to show what they're like on the field. Because let's be honest, sometimes the practice field, Derek Smith starts over Kirby Joseph in week one because he was better in training camp, right? Like when you get to game, some guys translate it better in, in game speed and on game film. And uh, we'll see how that goes forward. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, the penalties have to be tightened up. Like that's just – and honestly, if, they're, if those penalties don't exist or if one goes away, like that's not – that close of a game at half. It's not a 17-3 to game at halftime. That thing's probably much further over at halftime than not. Uh, he also mentioned really need Caleb Griffin to step it up more. One of three uh, games will be lost with that. Yeah, for the most part, a 51-yarder. I don't think Caleb's range is great compared to James McCourt. I mean, James McCourt might have an NFL kicking job here very soon because of how uh, strong his leg is. Um, so I think they knew. I think they were testing him. I think they wanted to give him a chance to, to make that. The 42-yarder was the one I was concerned about. That, that's one Caleb needs to make uh, more often than not. Uh, he did make his, his one from inside 30 yards. He did do well in kickoffs today. But, yeah, they need, the kicking game is a question, right? And, and through game one, um, you know, Caleb Griffin, I don't think we expect to be as good as James McCord. James McCord had a great season last year. So that is a concern about this team is how does the special teams do after losing all those guys? On the flip side, Hugh Robertson looked great, 46 yards uh, per punt on four punts. Uh, had one, I believe, that, that pinned him inside the 20-yard line. So I, I thought he did a really nice job. And to have Peyton Vining return one, uh, Isaiah Williams had two punt returns, 14 yards. Like, those seven yards per return matter. It helps the offense. So overall, yes, Caleb Griffin, I don't blame the 50-yarder on him. And, and Bielema said the 42. Bielema said that was an operational. I think it was a 50, yeah. Uh, on the the forty two or the fifty, yeah, it the, says the, the first miss was an operational yeah. deal. Um, obviously, we'd have to go back. I don't know. Yeah, I do. I do want to say like one of the the long snaps was a little off to Hugh Robertson. So Aiden Hall was the long snapper today. If we get into our deep cut special teams, <laughs> uh, how about Brett Bielma? Chase mentioned this going for it on fourth and one. Uh, inside the forty five, they barely got it. I, I thought it could get reviewed and get overturned there. But I like that. It's a little bit different than last year. Of course, different circumstances, different opponent, and they did have Chase Brown in the game. I think that's the key. Like, I, I don't know if, if Maryland, they punted if Chase Brown or Josh McCray or yeah. both are healthy. Like, I understand Brett Bielema has shown at times conservative tendencies in football games. Purdue's probably a better yeah. example. I a much bigger issue with Purdue uh, than Maryland because Maryland, you're still up seven. They had to score twice in five minutes. They did, but that, the odds of that happening were very small. Purdue, I just felt like you had to do that. Otherwise, yeah. Purdue was going to score. Yeah, so, I, I mean, yes, those tendencies did exist last year, but I think he has enough trust in Chase Brown and Josh McRae. And Barry Lunny. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and Barry Lunny 
to maybe, I'm not saying every fourth and one, Brett Bielema is going to trot out the barge formation and try to get this thing. But I think, like, don't be surprised, I guess, if you see more of that if his guys are healthy. Zach said, been a long time uh, since I've seen a quarterback play as well as DeVito did today. I don't think so. I thought Brandon Be- uh, I thought Brandon Peters played really well towards the end of last year, the four games. Of course, before that, it was putrid, right? Like, uh, it's the consistency. But I do think I, – I agree with Brett Bielma this way. I thought his composure was great. That's, Joey and I have talked about this on and on. I think his intangibles, his leadership, his demeanor really matter. I think, I think Brandon Peters, like, lacked that vocal leadership. That He's a smart guy, really talented guy. Uh, I think he tried, tried to do his best good for the team, but there was just an innate thing about him. Like Tommy DeVito is so, so confident in himself, borderline cocky, that I think he's infectious. And then he makes – I thought he made good decision. He kept the ball out of harm's way, as we talked about earlier. You know, I saw uh, you and I both have our stream up on our computer. And the Big Ten Network, after I believe Isaiah Williams, they, we, we thought it was a catchable pass there in the first half. Not Didn't, a great throw, yeah. Not a great throw, but pro- probably, you know, maybe 50-50, right? The Big Ten Network kind of had side-by-side side of those two, both of them saying, hey, right, you know, that's me. Like, there, there seems to just be – when you have that confidence and belief, like that's – you see those things start to happen a little bit more. But, yeah, don't – Brandon Peters' career as a whole probably left you desiring more. Yeah. I understand that. Absolutely. But don't let that overshadow. He had some fine games Especially. as an Illinois football player. Uh, just look at Minnesota last year. wasn't anything – statistically to write home about, but that dude played a good football game. Yeah, yeah, he, he did that towards the end of last year. And it, that, that was always the thing about Brands, like the consistency. And the injury certainly played a part, pandemic, uh, and his COVID case certainly played a part in that. Uh, someone said, from the small sample, which freshman's future are you guys excited for? I think we saw, let's see, we saw Matthew Bailey play meaningful reps. And that's the other part point I want to make. The fact that you got backups in it's for a, a whole quarter – I think that's so valuable uh, just to get their feet wet because they're going to have to rely on those guys at some point because, as we saw today, Josh McCray gets hurt, Reggie Love comes in and had a few good carries before the big touchdown run. But, like, Chase Hayden played a little bit before him, and then Reggie Love came in and he had that first run. And I said, oh, that was a burst. Like, there, there was burst there. You see, oh, that's a top 500 prospect. That's why I kept saying don't forget about him because I think he's going to play an important role. One running back or two running backs probably going to hurt at some point. Uh, so, so to see Reggie Love have those couple carries, and then, of course, to have the uh, awareness after he rolls over somebody to keep going and gets his big touchdown, his first career touchdown, uh, that was a really cool moment to see. I think he's talented, um, and, and he's part of the reason I'm still high in this running back room because if it's just Chase Brown and Josh McCray, well, one of those guys probably going to hurt at some point. It happens today. It's important to have a guy like Reggie Love right behind him that's just as talented almost. Yeah, and Aiden Lawfrey didn't dress today, but we, we think he's going to factor in to that mix as well. But in terms of the freshmen, we think we, – we saw Matthew Bailey. I think – I mean, come on, if you're listening, he is a guy. Like Brad Bielma was going out of his way there. Gabe Ackes is, is the one for me. Like, I think he's high. We don't have depth charts up here. But looking down there during warm-ups, I think he's higher on the depth chart than and we probably would have thought yeah, three weeks ago. I think him and Alec Bryan are in the two deep. Um, whether it's behind Seth Coleman, whether it's by the Gabe Ackes is one of the top linebackers. He's one of the top outside linebackers of that group, which they've been raving about him. Uh, we know Kevin Kane is really high on him. So I think he's going to play a lot. And if there's an injury, you could see Gabe Ackes, you know, an injury away from, from the starting lineup. Other guys who played today, Henry Boyer played tight end. 
it seems like Brett Bielman wants to mention him. I don't know if it's the in-state <laughs> thing, uh, but he keeps mentioning him. And, and the fact that Tip Ryman, I think Michael Marques, um, Tip Ryman was the starter today at tight end. Luke Ford did not start, barely played, I think, in the first half. Michael Marques was a factor there. So Henry Boyer, I think next year, him and Tip Ryman sound like they're going to be the top two tight ends. So I don't know if you're going to see a lot of him this year. But he also mentioned Hank Beatty. We didn't see Sean Miller, I believe, today. He's had that injury that's held him back. Uh, but Hank Beatty got in, in in the late quarter and had a great third down catch. Um, and, and Brett Bielma said afterwards, again, I don't know if he's hyping this because he's an in-state kid, but we know Hank Beatty's really good. Uh, and he said he's got the best hands of a freshman he's ever seen, he's ever coached. So that coming from Brett Bielma, that's saying something. Yeah, I – Sometimes you look, sometimes we have to parse through because we can't see practice. We don't have tape of every freshman wide receiver Brett Bielman has ever coached. But sometimes you have to look and be like, well, okay, what is there? Like, parse out how, how much of that you want to dive into. But regardless, he knew what he was saying when he went up there and he made a point to talk about Hank Beatty. I just wonder with him, you have Miles Scott, you have Isaiah Williams. Like, where's he at in that part of it? But I mean, he, we knew he was a polished kid uh, coming into it. Uh, some other guys have played. Hunter Whitenack played. Um, Brett Bielma called him a van again today. And he's using that in the most uh, nice terms he can. 6'7", 340, I believe he is. If we see him driving up in like a Chrysler town and country, we'll know Brett Bielma had done his job. <laughs> yeah, so uh, he needs to get that uh, NIL deal at some point. Just get a, get a big old van, join the crew of all of us dads driving vans. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought he played late in the game. You saw Tyson Rooks, I believe, came in the game. Brett Bielman mentioned James Kurtz. Again, I think this in-state recruiting thing he's doing. Uh, James Kurtz played on special teams. So I don't know if freshmen are going to be relied upon, but I think if an injury happens or poor play happens in front of them, Matthew Bailey and Gabe Ackes look like the, the top two guys. And potentially, I think Hank Beatty potentially has a role as well as Henry Boyer. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And I, I think – Maybe Tyson. I'm still trying to like suss out the Tyson Rooks deal here because there's a lot of praise about him, but I, it sounds like they're really happy with the way Terrell Jennings has come in and impacted the team. I thought Taz Nicholson played pretty well, so we'll see. And obviously Tyler Strain almost picked six, but I, I think it's not the big list maybe yeah. that everybody thought it, it's parsed down. You're probably going to see some guys push four games for sure. Yeah, Aiden Lofrey's going to play at some point yeah. too uh, once he – Gets a little bit healthier. Uh, was Luke Ford mainly used his run blocking tight end in the second half, uh, from what I saw. So we can follow up on that later this week. Uh, Samuel, do you guys remember Lovey's year two? Yeah, that was by design. Uh, he decided to just go young. There wasn't a transfer portal to his credit. Are we at supposed that to point. compare those things? <laughs> uh, this year two will be far better. Um, and I think it's so important because Lovey had a little bit of credibility when he came in because he's Lovey Smith. He he said what the plan was going to be, that it was going to hurt, but that it would pay off in the long run. It only came to one bowl game and no winning seasons. But um, that he at least said that was going to be the plan. And before the transfer portal came in, Brett Bielma can go to the transfer portal, find a Tommy DeVito, right? Um, find an Art Sikowski last year. Otherwise, who would be starting a quarterback at this point for Illinois if there, if there were in a transfer portal? I guess they still did grad transfers back then. Um, all right, how was the crowd today, Nate asked. Looked a, a little emptied out in the second half. Yeah, people are going to the bars, man. That's, that's what happens in the second half when you have a, a comfortable lead. I got to say, the students are showing up. One, I thought the Illini walk was packed. Mm -hmm. uh, Grange Grove, it's a great tailgating scene, Joe, and I, I keep telling people the potential is here if Illinois gets a team that wins six to nine games every year and is competitive and people feel like you're going to be able to compete week in and week out. 
I think it could be a great atmosphere. And for whatever reason, Bielema has connected with the students because the students come out and support. It was almost full today. I would say there's 4,500 people at least in that 5,000-seat uh, student section. So if they win games, I think that can be full, and you can eventually get more student sections uh, and get them out from just tailgating in the bars and get them into the, the stadium where they can have fun. Um, I didn't see the final tally on, on, oh, on the attendance, I... but um, – it was over. It was like thirty six hundred, something like that, I believe today. So that that's to be expected. But that's yeah, thirty seven eight. Thirty seven eight, which is higher than I think they thought it was going to be. That's actually a pretty good start compared to last year when you had, um, you know, some of your FCS games. I believe you had thirty thousand. So that's a good start. Win against Indiana. I think of a forty five thousand plus crowd against Virginia. Yeah, I think the opportunity, like this, the way the schedule sets up. In terms of home games, in terms of opponents, like there's potential to get some interest moving in here as things get a little bit further into the season. Uh, somebody asked, when are we going to get Joey some company gear? He's full of company gear. He just didn't wear it today. Yeah, I'm full of it. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, somebody also asked, Jartavius Martin, seven tackles. You hadn't talked much about him in camp. Uh, he's also Quan Martin, and we talked about him a lot. I mean, his name is Jartavius. He right. just goes by Quan. We did talk about him a lot. Joey wrote a story from Big Ten Media Days. He was represented there, uh, and we keep talking about how he is a bigger piece of this defense than a lot of people think. He had a really good year last year, uh, so I do think we, we talked about him because, yes, Sidney Brown, a little bit more known. Uh, Devin Witherspoon was an All-Big Ten player last year, but – I think we talked about Quan Martin a lot being an important piece of, of this secondary, especially given uh, that they had two guys uh, left to finish. So, uh, Zach said, what I mean is he was more consistent, no bad throws, uh, just no bad throws that led to interceptions. I also thought, you know, Brandon did a pretty good job of taking care of the ball outside of against Iowa. He just wasn't very good at against Iowa. He was for like a minute. Yeah, in the first quarter, so he was good against Iowa. Um, but I thought there was also time you got to go make a play. And I think Tommy DeVito hung in there in the pocket. His offensive line gave him – I think Tommy's got a little bit of aggression, but it was good to see, I think, from Brett Bielma's perspective because he hinted to us a lot. He's got to adapt to playing for me and taking care of the ball. I think he, he seemed to find, at least for today, the kind of marriage of, hey, be aggressive, make the plays uh, that are there, but don't try and force it to make a play. Look, Tommy DeVito's going to throw picks. Yeah. I mean, like, maybe probably more than you saw from Brandon Peters, but I think those are going to be – like aggressive type yeah. picks. But, yeah, today he did take care of the ball. And, and as I said earlier, I didn't see a lot in harm's way, which against a team like this, you want to not kind of flirt with disaster a little bit. All right, last one, and then we'll get to, to writing here. Chase said, moving any preseason prediction based on anything you saw game one. No, because that's about exactly what I expected. I had 35-13 in this game since the preseason, uh, and that's kind of what I expected is – don't make a lot of mistakes. They did the penalties. They did not with the turnovers. Have a strong defense, run the ball. You take care of Wyoming. You get better going into Indiana, which I think is going to be a far closer game. I think Illinois is going to face adversity in that game, but I do think they're the better team. I think they'll win a close game there, and that sets up a huge matchup against Virginia. But the good thing about Brett Bielema team is they seem to focus, actually, week to week, and I think, I think this team uh, will do a good job of resetting. It's a quick turnaround going into Friday, but – Man, I haven't been to Bloomington since 2013. Illinois has not been to Bloomington since 2013. Uh, you'd love to have them on the schedule, not just because they're bad, but it's kind of a rivalry, Illinois-Indiana. Yeah, I'll, like if I were to think of like a preseason projection to move, I would maybe bump up what I thought out of Brian Hightower statistically. Like It seems like he is yeah. – like they did the video board announcement, which, let's be honest, doesn't 
really oh, mean a lot. Like, he was a listed starter, and, like, I I understand. Like, I came in with a little hesitancy. Like, okay, what's this What's this going to look like? And he's, again, an MTC guy. Yeah. Like, he's a guy that could do I think Pat Bryant, the, you see more out of him. Like, he could be a guy that you think a little bit, you know, statistically of. Did we have an over-under for Brian Hightower receptions? Like, like uh, yards, I think, was – 199 or 299? I, I went over that um, because of the way they were talking about him, right? Like, So that's where it's like four catches for 32 yards. It's not shocking to me because I thought we should have seen that last year. No injuries had a lot to do with that, but we saw this guy have three touchdown catches, some big plays. Isaiah Williams loved him uh, when he was a quarterback, oh right? Like, It seemed like Brian Hightower came alive with Isaiah on the field as a quarterback. I just I thought that's where we are going to get last year, so – you know, if we if you get thirty yards per game from Brian Hightower and ends up with a four hundred yard season, whatever it is, like that sounds about right to me. Like I think the fact that that many guys got the ball, it is by design. Uh, but it's also a quarterback willing to trust everybody. And I think at times Brandon Peters certainly focused on Josh Bebe a lot, <laughs> a, a lot. So to see, you know, Tommy said, "Hey, I'm looking for one, but I can't always look for him. I got to spread it out." I mean, you probably should be looking for one, yeah. right? Today, Brian was Brian Hightower's first catch since that Penn State game that Brett Bielma showed up at. He was hired, like, the day before. Mm-hmm. It, he didn't have a catch last year. Like, that's – to see him get out there and be involved, it's got to feel good for him. But I, I think you're seeing, like, there's a value, and we've talked about this. We saw it with Josh Matterbebe. Big body receivers, they help you, man. They can help you a lot. MTCs. Move the chain, guys. That's what we're going to call them from now on. All right, we tried this out. Hope you guys like it. Uh, the live YouTube stream here as we do our post-game podcast. So please check us out on that. We'll try to do that every game as long as internet allows, time allows, all of that things. Uh, so appreciate you guys listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a rating review. It always certainly helps us out. And follow our YouTube channel if you don't already. We put a lot of content out there. we got Brett Bielma, Alex Palczewski, Tommy DeVito, Chase Brown, a lot of post-game interviews on there as well. And we post a lot of our uh, podcast segments up there as well. So appreciate all your guys' support. Joey and I are going to get to writing. Uh, so you can check all that out tonight and into the weekend. We'll have plenty of content at Alana Inquirer. And, oh, tomorrow is a big day. Amani Hansberry is going to announce a commitment And uh, the crystal ball seems to be going pretty well, so we might have another uh, podcast to do tomorrow uh, here for Illini Enquirer. So everybody have a great night. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast. It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.